You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out all to all of those people who lived well and died well and bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us so that we, the living, can better meet the challenges of our time. I call out to these ancestors, those who lived in deep relationship with the earth, those who understood how to embrace the diversity and differences in each other, and those who ultimately were aware that they were here in this personal life to serve something bigger, bigger than their own individual wants and desires. I call out to these ancestors to stand with us here today and to come close, to speak to us in our dreams at night and help us each to come to understand how we can be better humans and how we can each step up more fully in our own sphere of influence to bring a better expression of humanity to this world. And as these human ancestors gather around us, let us reach out beyond the humans to those other ancestral helping spirits that are taking the shape of all of life around us. Those who have been here long before and will be here long after. I call out to these ancestors to come and to join us here today as well, that we might come to understand ourselves not as limited people in our own time but understand more clearly the power of our soul in our life and and those energies that connect us to all other living things. And may these ancestors help us to more deeply understand our own true nature and to cultivate those actions, those activities, those expressions in our life that allow our soul to grow strong and true through its experience here as a human. So I call out to these ancestors to gather around us here today so that what we do today in this way helps us uh, to become better at being the men and women that we have come here to be. And as these ancestors gather around us, let us gather ourselves, drawing our own energy and conscious awareness from wherever it might be into our heads, from our heads down to our hearts, our hearts down to our bellies. And as we sink our mind and sink our awareness, let us drop it down in a moment of focus and touch the earth and offer our heartfelt gratitude for this day, for our life, for this place in which we walk this earth, for this opportunity all around us so rich and full at this time on earth to step up and be a better human. We give gratitude to the diversity and beauty in this life and the constant opportunity 
to change, to grow, to transform, and to do so in a way that inspires that in others. And so for this amazing dreaming of this earth that brought us here to the face of this planet, we give deep thanks. We give thanks for the wonder and the awe of life itself and begin to send our energy down into the earth, reaching down, connecting deeply into the very, very center of the earth, anchoring yourself firmly there and taking a moment to shift your awareness to these earth energies that draw their strength Draw that energy that creates all the abundance here on earth that supports all life to get at the source of even that energy, that which draws its power from darkness, from stillness, from silence, that which is the deep, powerful core of this earth, the core of life as we experience here on this planet. Let's reach into that energy that nourishes and renews and draw it up. Draw it up through all the layers of the earth, up into ourselves, and into our day. We draw up in this way the wisdom of manifestation, how to be here in form in a good way. We draw up nourishment, replenishment, rejuvenation. We draw up these energies that allow the abundance within ourselves to want to move out into the world through our expression of who we are in each day. So as we draw this energy up, up from the earth, may we come to understand who we are, where we stand, what we stand for, and to build our sense of home, our sense of nation, from that which has heart and meaning, that which is deeply true and nourishes our soul. May we share this deep, deep experience of humanity with others. May we open our table to those who look and think differently than we do. May we open our homes to those who are in need. May we show up in a way that expresses the power of the human heart. And may the earth help us to understand the quality of connection with aspects of ourself that is necessary to do this. The qualities of connection and interconnection with our environment, with other people, and with the invisible world. And as we reach into this deeper understanding of who we are and why we are here and all the many layers and implications of that, may we tune into this deep web of life and understand ourselves as part of that great oneness. And as we realize every single human here is part of that great oneness, each equally and at the same time, may we come to understand what oneness really means in our actions in every day. And with the power of the earth moving through us, may we draw that energy from our belly to our heart and our heart to our mind and send this energy up and out into the sky above you and whatever weather it holds, whatever time of day you are listening, up and out through the atmosphere and out into the velvety blackness of the cosmos to all of the mysteries of our universe and out through all the heavenly bodies. May your, your energy caress these energies and may you be caressed by them as you reach all the way up to the highest power of the universe and by whatever name you call this energy, whatever way you conceive of it or understand it, to connect with it and draw it down. Drawing down into yourself, into your day, into these proceedings, I invite you to draw down the essence energy of blessing and protection. We draw in these energies that we might know commitment and devotion and the benevolence of this universe. We draw down these energies to bring in inspiration and illumination, 
the lighthouse that guides us to shore in the great storm. We call these energies in that we might know the beneficence of this existence. And we call it into ourselves, drawing it down from our head to our heart, to our belly, and send it down into the center of the earth. And in this way, we become that connection between above and below these two great legendary lovers. This energy that is the big love, not the personal, human, small, focused love, but the big love that is the expression of the oneness. And may that big love awaken the spirit of your own heart. And as your heart awakens, may that crucible of transformation that lives in your heart come online. And may you draw up the fiery passions of your belly and draw down the crystal clarity of your mind. And let these energies mix and merge in your heart until you are able to touch that third and most sacred thing. Some sense of understanding, feeling, passion, or memory of why you are here. And may you also find courage in that same human heart to do something in this day, large or small, to bring those gifts, that expression of why you are here, to bring those gifts into manifestation in the world. And for all the spirit help that we all have to do that, I am deeply grateful. May what needs to be said be said here today and what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I'd like to give thanks to Dale and Carolyn and Daniel and Susan at Fearless Flame Healing. I give gratitude to all of you for your financial donations to Why Shamanism Now. If you're listening for the first time, Why Shamanism Now is 100% listener supported. Um, at least we hope this year it's been 100% listener supported. But my point is there are no ads. There is no marketing. We are simply here because it is valuable enough to you to offer your humble donations that add up to paying the bills that keep Why shamanism now available now for eight years the archives hours and hours of free podcasts about the practical application of shamanism in our contemporary world available to you so for those of you that are able to help me financially to do this i am deeply grateful and for those of you that are not able to donate financially but want to help with the show, there are many many ways that you can do that some people transcribe their favorite shows but um, people bring them into their journey circles, bring them into their own shamanic practice as they engage with the earth, etc., etc. There are many ways to make things uh, alive and real and to help things to grow in the world. So whatever it is that you are doing, I am deeply grateful. And uh, for those of you that want more information about Why Shamanism Now and how to donate, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com. For those of you that get the show off iTunes, sometimes you don't know there's a, sh there's a show website. You can search for shows there a little bit more easily than on iTunes. You can also donate from the website. And if you would like to send a regular old check, uh, you are also welcome to email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. Um, for a regular address, for a regular old check. So thank you, everyone. We are live right now here today, and we are talking about cultivating immunity to evil. It's a bit of an extension from last week's show, uh, but the topic, uh, the title here is Cultivating Immunity to Evil in the Time of Chaos, Tools for Change. Um, so if you want to call in, you can call in at 512-772-1938 if you have questions about the show, or you can Skype in from co-creatornetwork.com site if you're listening live um, right now. And of course, you can always email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. Okay, so 
You are not your mind. Your mind is a tool. Sharpen it. So these uh, were the words from Owl um, over the uh, year, this, this year, of the cycle teachings. And so, yes, it is a challenge to wrestle, wrestle your sense of self from your mind. Uh, when you live in a culture that has not initiated you into adulthood, that is um, a primary function of that initiation. So, yes, I get it. It's hard. And it's still your responsibility. So this matters to all of us because it is critically important to take full responsibility for our choices and the power of those choices to manifest reality. And this is why we need to understand we are not our mind. So we humans can't take that full responsibility as long as we are under the illusion that we are our mind. I mean, just look at the political players on the stage here in the United States and you can see precisely why that doesn't work. Why thinking you are your mind and having no relationship with the deeper self that is present here embodied is a problem. Um, don't need to say any more about that since you all get to watch it live and in color. So when we are able to use our minds instead of being used by them, two critical things emerge um, that become dynamics where we need to take responsibility to see well, to begin to see more accurately. But until you realize you're not your mind, you can't see these things anyway. And, and in many ways, this is what last week's show was about. Um, but uh, your mind needs to understand uh, what is going on. So for, so now that we know we're not our mind and our mind is a tool, one of the things that tool needs to do is to actually understand what is going on accurately, um, particularly underneath the surface reality, underneath the media spin and the, rea and the reactions that happen because of the media spin and this surface reality people are extremely caught up in and in that I include social media. So our mind needs to be able to see below that, use critical thinking to see below that. And um, the second thing is you need to commit to whether or not you are going to choose to carry the virus of um, and be seduced by that surface world and play into that or are you going to become unseducible? And allow yourself to learn then how to operate with the deeper energies or the real energies below and to make a choice about what you want your life to manifest. And that, and that requires enormous mental discipline. So, for example, one of the main reasons people leave after they do massive illusion is because they don't want to take responsibility for mental discipline. They like listening to the podcast and they like doing whatever they're going to do with it. They love journeying. You know, they're happy to bring these shamanic ideas into their everyday life. But the idea that they need to disconnect from being their mind and show the extreme mental discipline necessary to be very clear about what we are manifesting in the world, nah, that's way too real. Right? I just want to go journey. Right? And so that ability to stop that train that that 
powerful train of thought that is so already ingrained in the way that it thinks and to stop that train is exactly what I'm talking about is once you realize you're not your mind is the next step is then you need to be very conscious about choosing what will I bring into the world okay so once we are so this is about um, noticing what is reality and then who am I in that reality. Once we've done that, we can begin to address our shadow. And that's kind of next week. So these are a lot of big ideas being strung together in my little opening remarks here. Um, and they are old ideas. They are ancient ideas. Because these are all ideas about how humans are what their tendency are what their tendencies are when they do not engage in healthy community when they do not engage in learning skills when they etc cetera, etc cetera. anyway on with the topic of the show so the point is we still need to answer this question these are old answers um, and old ideas, but it's a it's a question that every human being needs to answer in every life. They don't go away just because they're old. So let's break this down. And actually, we're breaking it down between three weeks. So last week, we discussed these first two points I was just talking about. The show is called Love in the Time of Chaos, Tools for Change. And the first point um, is this importance of seeing what is really going on here, seeing below the surface and below your reactions to things and below everybody else's reactions to things, to what's actually real here. Um, in other words, understanding deeply what is driving racism versus reacting to racism. And it's not to say the reaction isn't real. But if we want to transform the deeper reasons for racism, the system that supports racism, we need to get out of the reactions and dive down deeper to the roots and the energy that is really supporting the system. So that's what these shows here are all about um, in this I don't know how many shows, series, we could be at this for the next four years here in the United States, but what are the tools for change in this particular time? Okay, so like I said, this was last week. So we talked a lot about um, the forces that are shaping reality and what forces are distractions from really seeing what's going on. And my go-to person for that is is definitely Charles Eisenstein. And we talked a lot about a recent um, blog post by Charles. And your mind needs to understand what is going on under this surface reality in the media spin and the reactions and be able with all of that to apply critical thinking, not just get depressed, not just grieve, not just gnash, but to actually use your mind. How are we going to actually address this? We are living in the death of an old story and we need to pull our minds out of that reality. And that's an action. This is not – it's not going to slip out easily, right? This is, this is um, an action that we need to take. When we know we're not our mind, our mind is trapped in this old story, we need to actively engage in the critical thinking necessary to draw our mind out of that old story and engage in the time that we are in. And the words – Charles uses for that is that we are in the time between stories. So why does this matter shamanically? 
and why am I recapping last week? It matters because shamanism is divination driven. And divination, the power of the divination is entirely relative to your ability to see clearly. So in other words, if you're always journeying about reactions, trying to, if I go back to racism, trying to change racism by journeying about how do you deal with the reactions going on, you're not going to get to the root of the problem. And so understanding this, how do I pull my mind out of the old story? How do I engage with skills here in the time in between stories? What actions do I need to do to begin to shape uh, the new story? And most importantly, what actions do I need to absolutely stop doing so that I do not pollute the new story before it has time to take shape? These are all valid uh, shamanic inquiry. And so this is why understanding what's really going on here matters underneath all of the noise and distraction. Okay, so we need to understand uh, that we are between stories um, and within that we also need to be very careful about not eddying out in this transitional place. Um, and we need to do that as much as we need to not grasp for the past to solve our discomfort with our uncertainty at being in between stories. So this first point that I'm making is about conscious awareness of the reality around us. Okay, the next point from last week is about who choosing to be who we are in that reality, especially um, if we are aware enough to understand that we're not our mind and we're willing to really live that and practice the fact that we are not our mind, then we start realizing all the crazy things our mind has been doing when we weren't looking because we thought we were our mind. We didn't realize we had a choice. We were treating stories as if they are reality instead of being able to see underneath the stories to something deeper and eternal going on here. So this brought us to this uh, indigenous concept of Watiko, which Watiko is a Cree word, but it's speaking of a mind virus or a psychic virus that we as humans allow into our mind. And that's why, yes, these are shows about shamanism, but shamanism is really dangerous when people don't understand their mind and the role of their mind and particularly the weakness of the mind to be vulnerable to this virus. The virus does not ride in the heart. It does not ride in the body. It does not ride in the spirit. It rides and inhabits the mind. And so we must understand the mind's vulnerability to this virus and choose. Will we carry it or not? And most importantly in this time between stories, will you be responsible for to be that one who carries this virus into the new story? Or will you use this time between stories to become immune to Watiko? And that's the point of really of last week is these two ideas is what is really going on here and who are we relative to it? But critical in if you read, particularly here in North America, 
the stories of the indigenous people when they talk about the movement between one world ending and another beginning. They're all cautionary tales about that one person who believed they were whatever enough and in that arrogance carried the virus across the gap between the worlds. Our greatest gift we could do for our descendants, our greatest gift to the new world would be to sacrifice all aspects of ourselves that are addicted to Watiko. And that luxury it allows us in our minds to be less than who we are. And that greatest gift we could give to the future would be to sacrifice all those aspects of ourself right here, right now, in the time between stories. So we do not carry this virus across this gap of unknown and possibility. Okay. It's really important to remember that Watiko can do nothing without a host. Nothing. So refuse to be a host. So, when you watch the news clips of someone going off in hatred towards another human being, you are watching Watiko driving the mind. When you see people ignoring or avoiding facts in their rationalizations, you are watching Watiko. When you avoid facts and just don't want to know, you are watching your own hosting of Watiko. And when it is a struggle to find the facts in the flood of misinformation you are awash in, we as a culture are awash in Watiko. So most of Watiko is much more subtle, or it uh, has been in the past much more subtle. Uh, not particularly subtle at this point in time, but before Watika would um, make its way into our mind through that door opened by your self-loathing, by your own fear of failure, by your own selfishness with your gifts. I can't take that risk. I might get hurt. That's selfishness with your gifts. So ultimately... We need to remember that while we watch Watiko out there, it is internal as well. So we have to choose. Will you be a carrier of the virus or will you be someone who carries that virus across between the stories and infects the new world? Or will you do the work now to become immune to Watiko? There are no in-betweens. We each have to choose. And so as we watch right now, Live, <laughs> we watch European history repeating itself in the United States. And we watch war continuing to crawl country by country across now colonized Africa. As we watch the world stage, you can clearly see the importance of not dragging the evil of the old story into the new story. When we allow our helping spirits to teach us, not just answer our questions, but give us the questions we should be asking and then ask them. So when we actually allow our helping spirits to teach us, they teach us to be better humans. They teach us to choose 
to become immune to Watiko. And yes, that means you will have to sacrifice some of the luxuries and the indulgence many of you experience in contemporary life, particularly those of you of privilege, rank, and power. So, are you willing to make sacrifices of comfort of the distra- and distractions and cultivate the dignity of your soul? Are you willing to make a sacrifice of your denial to cultivate the nobility of your human spirit? Are you willing to recognize when I talk to you about what is going on under the surface of reality out there, we are also talking about tuning into what is going on under the surface of your reality inside. When you are not your mind, you begin to realize other things are possible and other things matter, like the dignity of your soul and the nobility of your human spirit. These matter. They are old ideas that matter right now. So that uh, helps us to gain the consciousness of ourselves. Who, who are we in this world? Um, and that begins to bring us to the next question, which is if I'm this person, if I'm choosing to be this person in this world, why do I keep doing these other things that are not so good for me? And that's where we start discovering, oh, that's right. I've already created shadow within myself. Shadow and Watiko are not the same thing. They are two very different things. Okay, but with that said, you see the little picture I've got going on here. There's, can we see the reality around us? Can we see who we really are within that reality? And then as we're tracking with that, we keep going, now that I see who I really am within this reality, why do I keep doing that thing I don't want to be doing? That's shadow, right? And that is next week's show. Okay, so today I want to talk about the basic steps that we need to take to explore, um, I'm sorry, the basic steps we need to take to cultivate immunity um, to a tico, to become unseducible, as my Taoist teacher would say. How do we do this? What are the essential steps to become the people who can do what needs to be done in this time? Okay, so... Watching my students over several decades, um, I see certain patterns emerge that are kind of contemporary human being patterns, um, particularly if you've been raised in the Western world. And um, even that phrase is offensive, but I'm not quite sure what else to use in that sentence. Anyway, my point is that there are certain patterns that emerge as contemporary people confront not just shamanic practices, but a shamanic way of thinking, a shamanic cosmology, a shamanic worldview, and they get invited to step into that world and ultimately to dismantle their old world. Okay, so one of the patterns that I see that undermines the power of that transformational work is... um, There are several patterns. I'm going to talk just about one. But one is um, one hand is undoing the transformational work while the other hand is trying very hard to do it. And so a person is literally going in two directions at once. 
and and they don't see that and uh this this is a very common pattern actually um but it arises from people who jump over the basics and um as more and more people come into the cycle teachings with previous experience in other um, shamanic trainings, other work with indigenous people, and they come in with a, a higher um, experience ratio, what, I, what I'm seeing more and more is people who think they have the basics, but there's some really fundamental humanity-wide basics that are missing. And these humanity-wide basics have a lot to do with the um, crappiness of your energy body. In other words, people that are are using these higher-level spiritual teachings, they've been, been taught, but those teachings would have been taught to people on a fundamental basics of knowledge around a basic energy body. So when you come out those teachings without a basic energy body that's functioning, the practices don't work. And that's what I mean by skipping over the basics. And part of the reason we skip over the basics is honest ignorance. We don't know. Nobody told us. And part of the reasons that we skip over the basics is because these are the basics of humanity. In other words, these are the things a healthy family and culture would have taught their children. And that's not happening anymore for the large part especially in this um, Western world that I'm talking about. So um, so anyway, people jump over these basics for a lot of reasons, actually. That's one of the main ones. Um, but they can jump over them because they identify with a particular lifestyle. Uh, like I am growing medical marijuana, so obviously that makes me cool. So I'm already cool. I'm not that guy on Wall Street, so I don't need to do the basics. I mean, that's just one example, but I see a thousand different examples of that, that I'm identified with a particular lifestyle, which by definition implies that I've already done these things. And it, it doesn't. It just means you chose that lifestyle. Okay. But the other thing is um, other people do it because they just want to avoid the pain of actually dealing with the basics. And everybody's favorite, the basics are boring. Yes, they are. You have to do them every day. Um, they aren't the bells and whistles of the transformation, but they are the bedrock of allowing the, the transformations not only to fully run their course, but then to take root in you and become the new you versus cycling through transformation after transformation after transformation and not getting anywhere. It's like the people that come to me completely messed up saying, well, yeah, I, I, I'm engaged with shamanism because I, I do ayahuasca. I'm like, great. What's going on with that? Well, I've taken it 300 times and I'm a mess. So it's this, this, where are the basics? So this is, this is the exploration here today. Okay. So how do we begin? What are the basics? Uh, to beginning to see that our mind is a tool. We are not our mind. And so that we can begin to choose to become immune to Wetiko. So the most basic of basics, the absolutely basic basics foundation to begin with is learning to say five things with honesty and authenticity, you know, say them and mean them wholeheartedly, you know, belly, heart and mind aligned and say it, mean it, and to do that in right timing. 
Okay, so it's not just these five magic words, but it's abs- absolutely the ability to say it like you mean it at the right time with good timing in life. And these are things that are needed every day, all day. And that's what I mean by basic basics. And they are yes, no, thank you, please, I'm sorry. And I am absolutely serious, people. I am appalled when I realize someone has made it through the fourth year of my training and is still not capable of recognizing when an apology is needed and offering a true and sincere apology. I am deeply disturbed by how many people have a firm belief to never apologize. I am shocked to see how many people after, I mean, for God's sakes, it's been on Oprah for three decades, don't understand the power of gratitude. Okay, so moving along. I'm going to not rant. I'm just going to move along here. So yes and no are foundational to having boundaries at all and knowing when to say yes and when to say no back to the timing issue is necessary for cultivating healthy boundaries regardless of your circumstances. So in other words, let's say you're doing a good job meeting the grounding challenge, you're doing grounding every day and working on your energy body, and then you walk out the door and by 11 a.m. on a bad day and 2 p.m. on a good day, your boundaries and grounding is crap. Okay, good start. The issue now is what are the yeses and the nos that you need to learn to say in life that allow you to maintain the healthy grounding and boundaries as you move through the day no matter the circumstances. And the circumstances just changed here in the United States. It's gotten really scary. And so this is even more important now than it was before. It was important before. It's always been important, but it's critically important today. And then the three other magic words, thank you, please, and I'm sorry, I mean they're phrases, I guess, technically, are fundamental for you and your energy body that is being made healthy with your yeses and nos, being able then to engage with the world. Again, back to the setup here at the beginning of this show. What is reality and who are you choosing to be in that reality? The absolute basics of doing just that, which is pretty fundamental to then doing anything else and any other advanced work, is learning to say it like you mean it, fully aligned in absolute truth and the right timing of yes, no, thank you, please, and I'm sorry. And to mean those things, to be able to use those things in the right timing. And that cultivates honor, nobility, integrity, impeccability. And all of these qualities, we spend gajillions of dollars to travel all over the world to find the masters and the shamans and those people that are living in their ancient traditional lives as a living expression of those qualities. So let's begin. Yes. Yes speaks to connection. Yes. Opening up, reaching out. Connecting. It's a connection energy. It is akin to our relationship with the element of the earth. Life. 
connection, interconnection. When you think about the invocation at the beginning of all the shows, we look to the energy of the earth to teach us how to be manifest in a good way and to connect, interconnect, um, and to engage in, in all of the many, this web of relationship internally and externally in a good way. Yes, connection. Um, it, so it's connected here to the element of the earth. And just for those of you who track the Chinese medicine application here, we are talking about the spleen, pancreas, stomach meridian. So those of you with digestive issues, listen up. Okay, so uh, when we have cultivated the ability to say a healthy and timely and balanced yes, we are open to our caring and empathy with ourself and with others, with our environment, with everything, the big web of life. And we express ourselves in that through fairness and compassion. And we value the actions that cultivate centering ourselves versus valuing actions that drive us off center. Okay? So when we don't say yes when we need to, so deficiency, so when our yes is deficient, we cultivate apprehension and insecurity and we decrease our own inner trust of ourself. Too many yeses. We get depleted, we get worn out and that creates a kind of apprehension and insecurity, kind of like um, I need this road to be concrete but it's tissue paper. That's the apprehension and the insecurity from um, being uh, out of balance with our yeses. So when we say a false yes, in other words, saying yes when we don't mean it, right? So the other one can be saying yes um, when we don't say yes when we need to, right? So we need to say yes and reach for that thing and we don't, okay? So the other option is we say yes when we don't really when it's not a real yes, it's a false yes. And that creates worry, at least. And for those of you that don't sleep at night because you're worrying about things, listen up, right? So worry often leads to frustration, which can then build into anger. So when the yes relationship is out of balance in deficiency, we experience, as, as we express ourselves, selfishness and isolation and self-centered behavior, and when the yes relationship is out of balance in excess, we experience excessive worry or pity or stubbornness. Okay. So journey questions that you could explore uh, to work on your relationship with yes is journey to meet the spirit of elemental earth, not the planet earth, but the element of earth. And ask to be shown a way to understand how you're out of balance with that element. And given that answer, the next question would be, how can I work with the earth element to create balance? And for many of you, as you work with elements, it begins by creating a shrine. And it can be an indoor, outdoor shrine. And there are other shows about that. Another journey question could be just journeying to your regular helping spirits and ask to be shown the three yeses you are saying or not saying that are the most harmful to you. And look at those yeses. And that could be a place where you need to be saying yes, but you're not. Or a place that you are saying yes and you need not to be. 
And so you're looking at the yeses that are most harmful. And then based on that answer, of course, pursue how do you transform that situation for yourself? And then what are the next three? Okay. So far, so good. So keep in mind with yes and no, uh, my Taoist teacher said, how many no's does it take to say one true yes? And for most of us, it takes a lot. So we move on to no. So once we learn yes and we're able to connect and to clarify our yeses, yes, I am here in this body at this time to live my life, then we need to learn to say no. Because once I'm here and present and connected and need to say yes to my soul's purpose, then there's a whole bunch of other things I need to say no to. Not because they're bad, not because I don't like them, but because if I'm going to do my yes, there are a million other things I could do that I have to say no to. So no speaks to where you will not allow your energy to go. For example, no to hosting with Tico in your mind. So it's not about good or bad. It's about focus and it's about um, saying no to the things that would distract your focus from what you have said yes to. So no speaks to your focus on your expression. So your yes is your expression and no's, the no's are about protecting that focus. And it is akin to our relationship with the element of the wood, of wood in Chinese medicine, which is the liver gallbladder, dreamer manifester. So the no's are all about keeping the energy flowing towards the dream and the manifestation of that dream. And, and for those of you that think this is a ridiculous show, do you know how many books are out there that have been bestsellers on the New York bestsellers list that are titled something like, When I Say No, I Feel Guilty? It's huge. Okay, so when we cultivate the ability to say a healthy and timely and balanced no, we open to honest and decisive expression. We express ourselves through true emotions that flow within the moment, enriching that moment without getting caught up in them or distracted by them. And in short, we're able to take strong action in kindness versus aggression or something like that. We can be strong. That, that, um... So for example, often when people are describing a beloved grandfather, they speak to his gentle strength. So it's that ability to be strong and clear in our actions in a world in a way that is also kind and compassionate. So when we don't say no, when we need to, we cultivate a habit of passive aggressive response to the dynamics of life. We don't say no, but we needed to. So now we're just kind of passive aggressive about the whole thing. When we say a false no or we're excessive in our no's, um, we can cultivate anger and outright aggression. And this can be a no to others, but it can also be a no we're saying to ourselves. For example, if, if my need to survive is constantly saying no to my need to nourish my soul, it can cre create quite an internal conflict that can become very aggressive and people can become violent to themselves, which Watiku is happy to move into that space in your mind. It's a perfect environment for Wetiko to grow within you. Okay, so 
When the no relationship is in balance, our warriorship gets expressed in a healthy way and we are able to engage our discernment in all things. We have the courage to face our fears and these qualities allow us to determine and do whatever it takes for that healthy expression of our work or our heart. So it could be our work in the world, but it could also be the healthy expression of our heart because those no's allow us to develop a kind of emotional clarity and integrity. From this point, we gain a sense of identity and self-expression in an environment of kindness versus creating a sense of identity through power over or some other aggressive form of building a sense of self, which is ultimately a false self. Um, any, any self or nation built on the backs of tearing others down well, is ultimately um, rotten at the core. And I say that as a true American, knowing that that is our own history and we are seeing it now, right? And so, journey questions for the nose. So, um, you can journey to meet the spirit of wood. And in this case, wood is like uh, growth. And so, it would be this personification of growth. Wood, forest, something like that. Right. And ask to be shown a way to understand how you are out of balance with this wood element in your life. And once you understand that, then you ask, how can I work with the wood element to create balance? Blah, blah, blah. Now, notice you don't start out with, how can I work with you to create balance? Because that's a remedy question. You don't know what the diagnosis is yet. And that is a big problem in many of your journey work, in many of you in your journey work. As I read the emails you send asking, I did this and I got this and blah, blah, I'm so confused. It's because you go in assuming you know what's going on. You skip the diagnosis. And in shamanic practice, you diagnose and then you ask for the remedy. Okay, so... Other journey questions for your nose, your healthy nose, is you could journey to your regular helping spirits and ask to be shown the current state of your dreamer self. And given that, is your dreamer self, uh, are you in good relationship with it? Is it healthy, etc.? Um, and, and you ultimately need to be in relationship in a way that allows you to live your soul's purpose. Maybe you're in an excessive relationship with your dreamer and usually in that case not getting anything done or starting projects and not finishing or you've got too many balls in the air. Um, another journey to your regular helping spirits could ask to be shown the current state of your relationship with your manifester. And these uh, journeys could help you uh, with that. So same same structure with the dreamer and the manifester. So how many no's does it take to say one true Yes. Because being in healthy, balanced, flexible relationship with yes and no allows you to cultivate the grounding and boundaries necessary to be the core structure of your energy body. In, and then that energy body can receive more and more advanced teachings and evolve with those teachings. Okay. Um, and in this way, your energy body maintains the integrity of your, you – in reality, no matter the circumstances, and, and, you're, and you are able then to respond and adapt but not lose your center. And this becomes the basis then of the self-awareness that allows you to look with greater accuracy at your environment um, and then to interpret that experience accurately. 
So I know some fairly advanced practitioners who are who are who are grossly lacking in the basics, and they constantly interpret what's going on um, in a way that is completely shaped by their wounded child. And the problem is these are practitioners who have really big skills and lots of helping spirits working with them. And so the drama and churn they create in their life is huge. It goes back to not having cultivated yes and no. And so the remaining magic words orient us in the world so that we have good, strong, flowing access through good, strong relationships with the world around us. And this is our chi moving in and out, our personal chi moving in and out and being restored and renewed by the big chi of the world around us. And when we use our magic words uh, without a healthy yes and no, um, then we offer false apologies. Um, We all know that that, of course, just makes things worse. Or we say please without any real openness to the fact that the person um, or the thing might not want to. And uh, we use magic words without any strong grounding in yes or no. Our gratitude falls flat or leaves the person feeling that they need to go take a shower after you've fawned on over them with your gratitude. And so without the yes and no base, these other three magic words Uh, don't work so well. And there is, by the way, another show in the archives about the magic words. So in short, the healthy yes-no helps you to build a sense of identity that is kind and caring while being decisive and honest. And this sense of identity is necessary for all else, um, is predicated on that relationship with yourself. So honestly, if you want to change what is unacceptable in our world, um, You must create this basic foundation within yourself. Okay, so let's continue. So gratitude, thank you, right? This is the ability to offer sincere, heart-opening gratitude, heart-opening thanks. So gratitude speaks to joy and honor and sincerity. It is akin to our relationship with the element of the fire. And in Chinese medicine, the fire element is related to the heart, small intestine. When we have cultivated the ability to express gratitude, we engage joy, which opens us to creativity and enthusiasm and our spirit. Engaged in this way, we can find uh, further open to the divine, to radiance, to light, to these higher spiritual concepts. Um, And it is this... uh, And and the idea that the divine and the radiance and the light are all present at all times and that we must orient ourselves properly to engage with it sincerely and honorably. That's what gratitude – that's what choosing to orient yourself in gratitude does relative to the higher – Uh, divine energies when we are deficient in our heart energy our gratitude is lost in unhappiness and impatience there is a dissatisfaction with the world and our ling uh, is uh, overexpressed and our shen is underexpressed in other words the inner spirit of our heart the ling is overacting But the Shen spirit isn't able to take it out into the world and do anything with it. So the Shen spirit is underacting. And so gratitude helps that to be more balanced. So when we are excessive in our heart energy, our gratitude is lost in over-the-top expressions. Too much information, oversharing, and it leaves the receiver feeling at least uncomfortable, if not like they've been totally slimed. 
So there is a dishonesty with one's own heart in that situation. And so there's the overshare is overshen. Uh, your external heart spirit is too big in the world and it's not really listening to what the guiding energy of the Ling spirit of the heart or the personal spirit of the heart. And so this excess and dishonesty can lead to arrogance, cruelty, even violence. Those are the fire energy. And keeping in mind, um, we can be also expressing that kind of um, dishonesty and arrogance and cruelty, even the violence internally. So when our relationship with giving and receiving gratitude is in balance, we are able to access the power of the lover archetype and the wisdom of love as the true power begins to move through us as an inspiration, not as a memorization. It's not just a mantra. It's a thing that we can do. And journey questions that can support this are to journey to meet the spirit of fire and ask to be shown a way to understand how you're out of balance with fire. And how you can work with the fire element to create balance. You can journey to your regular helping spirits and ask to be shown where your gratitude is deficient. Where is your gratitude excessive? You can journey to the spirit of your heart and ask what is the current quality of your relationship with your ling spirit, L-I-N-G, ling spirit. And you can journey to the spirit of your heart and ask the current quality of your relationship with your shen spirit, S-H-E-N. Okay? So, Learning to say please requires being open to know and willing to receive a yes. Uh, please speaks to the courage to speak up and letting go of the outcome simultaneously. It is akin to our relationship with the element of the metal or the air. And in Chinese medicine, this is related to the lung, large intestine. Cultivating healthy, balanced relationship with please requires that we make space or emptiness within us by grieving fully and letting go. A healthy person experiences loss in life. Risks happen. Um, when we care, we lose things. That's what that's all about. So risks are important. So risk saying no, for example, we may not want to risk saying no because we're too afraid to lose something. Um, so this energy is about the ability to grieve, the ability to let go, and the ability to take the risks that we might lose something so that we can be in an honest, full expression in spite of the fact that that expression may close doors. So if we are not experiencing loss, we are not growing and we are not loving. And uh, what is critical, especially if we are to let go of the old story and move into the space between stories and on to the new stories, is we must learn to grieve freely and fully and let go of what has been. So when we are unable or unwilling to grieve, to let go, to say please, we cultivate a life of regrets and sorrow and poor self-esteem. Sadness begins to pervade even the good things in life. Now, when we're excessive in our refusal to surrender and let go, we cultivate an aloof stance, an expectation of perfection, and a very cynical attitude that undermines our gratitude and connection. So when this please is coming from a healthy place um, and balanced place, we cultivate self-worth and self-esteem, and it comes from breath and life and not from putting others apart from us or below us. So you could journey to the spirit metal element, as it is elementally, and ask to be shown a way to understand how you are out of balance with it, and then how could you work with the metal to come into balance. Um, ask, what must I surrender 
or let go of to come into balance. Um, you could also journey to your regular helping spirits and ask to be shown what you must surrender to no emptiness. And then um, what must you find the courage to say please to? Okay, so I have one last magic words and I'm running out of time. So I'm going to continue though and finish here. So finally, the most powerful magic words for transformation are I am sorry. I'm sorry speaks to trust in the face of fear and the unknown and it is akin to our relationship with the element of water. In Chinese medicine, this is related to the game bladder. When we have cultivated the ability to say I'm sorry in a true apology that shows your understanding of past errors as well as a clarity of and commitment to a new path. When we can do this, we cultivate true courage that holds within it the qualities of stillness, razor-sharp awareness, and gentleness. When we are unable to offer a true apology, we cultivate a relationship with fear and anxiety that becomes paralysis. And we are, when we are excessive in our fearlessness, we cultivate a relationship with recklessness wherein foolhardy decisions replace the warrior's discernment and we pay no attention to the collateral damage our excesses cause, claiming everyone is making their own decisions. I'm not responsible. When we are able and ready to make sincere and true apologies whenever they are warranted, it shows a clarity about our true responsibilities in life. As we exercise our responsibility, we can cultivate true bravery, trusting the universe or ourself enough to take the risks necessary to rise to the needs and the challenges of our time. So the journey questions you could ask would be to go to the spirit of water and ask to be shown uh, ways to understand how you're out of balance with water and how you could work with water to create balance. You can journey to your regular helping spirits to ask to be shown where you are afraid to take the necessary risks to bring your gifts into the world. You could also journey to those same helping spirits and ask to be shown where you lack trust of um, or you have collapses or weaknesses in your courage um, that keep you from honestly expressing your true self in each day. So these are the basics. Yes, no, Thank you, please, and most important is learning I'm sorry because we are better than this and we must become immune to Wetiko. We must become unseducible and prove it. I'd like to give thanks to the ancestors for gathering around the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>